B2B marketing and sales can be tough to master. Sales cycles can be long, and buyers are notoriously difficult to close. That's why you need Minds On at your side. We're a B2B marketing and digital agency that's helped more than 200 clients evolve their brands, win more business, and succeed more often. And we're ready to help you. Visit www.mindson.com today to schedule your no-obligation consultation. Now, on to today's program. I'm your host, Dan Harris, and welcome back to another episode of Minds on B2B. Thank you so much, everyone, for clicking, subscribing, sharing, downloading, and, of course, listening to our podcast. This is a weekly show dedicated to helping busy B2B executives, marketers, and sales professionals stay informed, learn something new, and perhaps apply a lesson learned or run with an idea shared by our guests. As we say at Minds On, all of our minds together are better than any one mind alone. Who knows, you just might like what you hear, connect, and network with us. Today, my guest is Brandon Snyder, Director of Marketing at HMB. So who is HMB? Well, HMB is a trusted and well-respected IT solutions firm in Columbus, Ohio, in Louisville, Kentucky. And they help mid to large size enterprises deliver custom technology solutions to help their clients solve their biggest business challenges. Now, Brandon is a self-described scrappy creative marketer with a passion for consulting, bringing teams together and building strong relationships internally and with clients to net big results. So I sat down in the Minds On studio to talk about what he's most passionate about and to see what I could learn and what you could learn from this super positive professional. Brandon, welcome to the show. So let, let's start off. We okay. know You know the premise of the show. Sure. So I want to understand exactly what are you passionate about when it comes to B2B? Uh, well, okay. So I think what I really enjoy about B2B marketing is the kind of consulting nature of B2B marketing. So I, I originally come from a background kind of selling sexy tech products and <laughs> apps and more business to consumer. And, and when you do that, there's almost a formula for how you do it. There's, it's almost a template to how you actually go out there and do lead gen. It's, I it's, agree 100%. It's, it's almost like you follow this formula and good things happen, which is great if you're in kind of like a SaaS company. But in B2B, it's not like that. You really have to get creative because so much about what you're trying to do is create relationships with exactly. people, which is really challenging um, to do. Um, and a lot of times when, you, when you're on that path to create those relationships, the organization kind of challenges you to operate like you're a lean startup. So you have to be really creative in all of the things that you do. And operating lean is, uh, it kind of makes everything a little bit more turbulent, yep. and a little bit more exciting. Um, and I know at least today in the organization that I work in, HMB, you know, the deals we win when we have strong customer relationships, they're six figure or million dollar deals. So even though things are turbulent, when the, the marketing and sales things you're doing work, they, they net big results. And when that happens in your organization, everyone raves about it and they talk about it. You feel really good. So I like, I like being part of an organization where you have to be a scrappy, lean, creative <laughs> marketer to build relationships that, you know, do good things for your organization. And I, I agree with you 100%. Relationships are important and it's a long-term relationship you're Absolutely. looking for. So as you operate in this business and you're building these relationships, can you share with the audience something you did that failed miserably or at oh, least yeah. failed to some level 
Um, and what did you learn from it? And what, what could they learn from? Totally, man. Listen, um, it doesn't matter what sort of marketing you're in. You're going to fail at some point. And I would encourage everyone to fail uh, because if you fail, you're trying, right? If exactly. you never fail, you're never trying. So I think uh, one of my favorite failures that I've had is um, we, at the company I work at, H&B, we sold a, sort of a technology consulting solution to an education, so to high schools, basically. Okay. And we had one raving, right? Um, and they loved the things we did. They loved the kind of managed services, um, IT solutions that we brought to them. Uh, and so we thought, well, shit, like this one customer loves us. Surely the problems they're having, there's a whole market <laughs> full of these customers, right? Yeah. So, dude, we went hard and we developed a, a really killer direct mail kind of campaign uh, that was targeted to schools. It had the messaging that the customer that loved us actually helped consult with us and de develop this messaging. They did a testimonial video. Nice. The direct mailer had a video component built into it. Dude, we spent like a considerable amount of money developing a targeted list of superintendents <laughs> and treasurers. And we launched it uh, near this education trade show um, that was happening. And the idea is at the trade show, all those people were going to be there and we were just going to hustle and talk to them. And we got a lot of compliments. Everyone's like, yeah, that was a really cool package you sent to us, like very creative. But not a single person thought the pain that which we were trying to prescribe our solution to thought it was great enough to, to hire us, right? So wow. we went out and spent you know, a considerable amount of money. And I think there was some good brand awareness that was generated. But you know, we certainly didn't get any revenue out of it. And that was a costly mistake. So I think the lesson learned there is because you have one or two or three customers in your market saying kind of a, the same thing, it doesn't constitute a trend. Yeah. So when you're going, when your organization, your, your business is saying marketing, go out here and help generate revenue. It's an, ex, it's an expensive proposition. If you go out there building your messaging and campaigns off of what you think um, the pains are in the market are. You really need to go out there and talk to as many customers as you can talk to, and you need to do surveys to the greater market to to kind of correlate patterns and trends. And um, this is a much better way to reap the benefits from a campaign rather than just guessing. Yeah. Um, makes I, sense? That, it does make sense. And I think um, the other thing that potentially people could learn from this too is tying back to what you said before. In B2B, it's about relationships. And to build relationships, you have to have conversations. So why not equip the business development team, your sales team, your executives, to have conversations with those prospective teachers and school systems before you invest in that effort, right? Sure. So surveys is one good thing, but just a good phone call, a face-to-face -face meeting, asking their opinion, getting that feedback, in aggregate makes yeah. a huge difference. Oh, Dan, that's, that's totally true. And those are, those are things, you know, moving forward when we design most of our campaigns now, we, we, we don't like to go in there blind like we used to, cause that was an expensive mistake. Yeah. Um, and it, it happens more than you think. I would wager if you, you know, talk to 10 B2B marketers, I would wager probably eight of them are doing this, right? They're doing the same thing. Um, and it's because to do, to do that kind of research, you need to understand the real problem. It takes time. It yep. takes money. And the business doesn't see the immediate ROI of doing those things. 
But let me tell you, they will feel the pain when you spent $30,000 to run an effort for a quarter and it's generated no dollars, right? Oh, yep. Um, they <laughs> will remember that. And that will make your job going forward harder because they'll always look back to that one failure. So we'll remember when this happened. Yep. Why would we give you money to do this thing when this failed so miserably? Yeah. And it just makes your job harder. Um, and then you got to fight for another big win to – to put a blanket over the failure. Well, and so. obviously you're still at HMB, sure. <laughs> right? So yeah. you must have been able to, to work your way out of that conversation. Sure. So, I mean, it's a kind of a cool transition. So let's, let's talk about the opposite, sure. right? Uh, something that was truly successful and why, and, and what did you learn from that? And what can our audience learn from you? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, I like how you kind of segmented with, with I'm still at HMB. <laughs> and then, honestly, what I'm about to tell you has been a big success is, is probably why, right? Um, I think so often B2B owners like, or, or the business in general, right, they'll tell sales and marketing, hey, if you could do one thing for us really well, it's lead generation. But I think what they're really trying to say is, you know, marketer and sales, we want to make more money. Yeah. Um, and they, they automatically threw a lot of marketing that happened in the good old days of traditional advertising when lead gen was much easier. They associate lead gen with the way of which you fill your pipeline and have lots of money. And I would wager today that in B2B that that's not necessarily true anymore. So for those of you listening, you know, Dan and I had a, an interesting conversation before this about kind of, well, where do you start? If you have limited resources, where do you start in kind of your sales and marketing organization? Um, what's closest to the money? And for me, it was really sales enablement. Yeah. Um, really focusing on understanding the life cycle of our buyers and then making sure we have the right tools. So things like one sheets, um, webinars, demos, um, ebooks, white paper, like those sort of things, right? Um, it's making sure we had the right tools at the right time to engage customers who are ready to work with us. So much of success in sales in the kind of consulting organization we are is speed. Yeah. Do you have what I want when I'm thinking about it? When the, when the pain is real and I'm actively s searching for a solution. And there's a statistic, it's like, you know, 80% of sales, like success is if you're, if you're first and you're fast, right? Um, and we traditionally didn't have those tools ready. So instead of focusing on lead gen, we really said, okay, well, what's, what's our, you know, our storefront of solutions look like? Um, and it was really weak. So we spent almost an entire year just really rebuilding the, the, our marketing toolkit that we use to actually help close deals. Because what we realized is um, we, we didn't need a high volume of leads to hit our revenue targets, right? We had a ton of great customers. The real challenge was, well, how do we upsell more stuff to them? And the people kind of in the closing stage of our funnel, how do we push them over the edge? Right. And really sales enablement was that thing. So we built killer tools. Um, sales scalability was another thing. So how do we make these tools, like we have something called the super deck. And the, yeah, the super, uh, you know, sales, you know, traditionally, you can find the stat anywhere online, something like 40% of sales time is spent doing non-sales activity, which yep. is like, you know, super detrimental to sales success, right? Yep. And we experienced that at our organization because a lot of our sales reps are spending an inordinate amount of time searching for content, searching for tools, building presentations and proposals. So what marketing did was we, we basically templatized everything. So everything you needed sales people was 85% built and you just had to add that 15% touch that makes it relevant to that target. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I like the, I like the idea because I know you've, you've built those templates, you've built those and you've delivered them to sales 
and shared with them how to use it. Mm -hmm. And then you've also gained feedback from them on how to improve it and consistently evolve the presentation. So I think that's something that uh, I think is a huge benefit to anybody listening is that have those conversations with sales, equip them, um, not only just throw the deck over uh, to them and say, here you go, but have a conversation with them on how to use it, why it's important, why it matters, where to find it. I mean, because we've talked to uh, several clients and they've created all this these tools, but sales doesn't know they exist or don't they don't know where to find them. So you've done a nice job at that, and I think it's a, it's a huge benefit to your organization to have someone like you in that position leading that cause. Yeah, and I'm I'm so happy you brought that up because that alignment is it's paramount, right? Mm -hmm. um, you need to have. Um, you know, really tight communication between your sales and marketing teams. Because um, I think marketers, you're going to, you're going to have a better understanding of how to message and position things in general. But sales will definitely know the cust. At least in my experience at HMB, right? Sales knows the customer, right? And they know if the language I'm using or how I'm positioning things is going to resonate with our with our actual real buyers. Exactly. So you know, I like to think I get things 80% there and, and sales kind of helps shape that final 20% to make it really powerful. And so you have to have a, a cadence of when you deliver kind of your sales enablement tools to them and they review it and then you kind of go back and finish it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think well, that's, that's, that's fantastic. And I think from a standpoint of uh, tips, ideas, tricks, I mean, um, as we kind of wrap up, I want anybody listening who listened to us babble on for 20 <laughs> minutes to walk away with something that you found valuable that you've applied in B2B that can be about sales, about marketing, but a tip, a tool, a technique. I mean, share with us. Sure, man. Um, and it's hard to pinpoint one, <laughs> but I'll, I'll try. So I think. All right. Um, I'll, I'll let you do two. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, let's, see, let's see if I can get one if I need to expand it to two. So I think in my experience, I have totally underestimated how much I would need to educate our business. So like our, our C-suite and our, our VPs on the marketing things we're going to do. Um, you know, and by the way, this is hundreds of thousands of dollars of their money that they're, that they're giving to me to go out and do my job. And I've never appreciated how big of an ask that was. So, you know, at every turn I would be like, Hey, here are the things I want to do. And they're like, Whoa, whoa, whoa what, what do you mean? We're going to go out and spend $30,000 on this or $10,000 on this. And I was like, what's the big deal? Cause you know, in my, in my, in my B2C sexy product marketing life, that's, that's an, you know, whatever I could do, whatever I needed Drop to. Drop in the bucket. Yeah. Um, so w once I got out of my own head and just accepted that, Hey, I have a responsibility to make sure my clients, the C-suite understand what we're going to do and they feel comfortable. That's par a big part of my job. Um, and once I got out of my own head and started doing that, I actually started to really enjoy it. And that's the consulting part of, of B2B yeah. again, that I'm really passionate about now. Um, and once, and you can see it, once they understand the connection, they really appreciate it, right? And then you suddenly have liberty um, to go and, and to do the things you need to do to help your marketing and, and thus your company be successful from a revenue standpoint. Yeah, so, I mean, give me an example of how you educated the senior level team on what you wanted to accomplish. Oh, sure. So uh, going back to resources, right? <laughs> like we talk about tight resources. Um, it's when you have the budget conversation, especially in, in B2B marketing, it's, you know, how much should we invest in marketing? And by the way, I want to emphasize it's an investment. I love that. I right? love that because it's not, here's what I want to spend. Sure. Here's what I want to invest. It's not a cost when you're, when you're marketing, it's an investment because there's a return. So, um, 
we had a, a big conversation about, well, how do we know? Um, we used to just be kind of funded by initiative. Um, and the, but the mistake there is when it kind of when you're funded by initiative is you have no long-term forecast into what you're going to spend. You have no long-term forecast into what you think your returns are going to be. So I had to do a whole kind of educational scenario around how how to determine what you should invest, right? So I did it through a combination of this online calculator that I found online that was created by a company called Web Strategies. Okay. Um, and it's awesome, by the way. I don't know. I don't know if in this blog or if in this podcast you can link to it somehow. But it, yeah, we'll put it, it in was, the podcast. Notes it was for sure. It was paramount, right? Because I could show them statistically, like, hey, you know, we're a B two B consulting company with this much revenue, or with this sort of marketing team size, and this calculator has some sort of algorithm based off of market research that says statistically, companies of your size in your space are investing this much. So that's the analytical way to kind of justify marketing investment. The other way is from your gut. Right, right, um, and this is the much harder part to to communicate. Um, but I think it's the critical other half of the equation. And really, I I just kind of talk through like, hey guys, are we in growth mode or planning mode? If we're, if we're in growth mode, then you know, check like, you know, you should <laughs> you should want to go through here and do those investment things. Um, you know, what are the what are your the business goals, right? Like, you know, do you need to be at a, a much at thirty percent? next year greater than what you were this year if so you cannot do that like you can't you you can't continue to scale your revenue efforts without scaling your marketing and sales efforts accordingly it doesn't work right uh, so i think you know there's there's the so anyway to go back to your answer your question we i educated them on kind of the the data-driven part of the budget question and the gut and connecting it to the business um and i think that was very paramount in helping them kind of understand how we need to position our budget, our yeah. marketing budget for next year. Well, and I think it's interesting because if you go back to the very first question where you failed, in order for you to have that gut, I think you have to fail. Sure. I mean, you mentioned that. Fail fast, fail often. Just don't fail again sure. in that same aspect, right? So, no, that's, that's great advice. Um, and that web calculator uh, for budget calculator, I think that's an amazing tool. So we will. We'll put that on the show notes. So here's here's a question. If anyone listening wants to get a hold of you or wants to learn more about HMB, how do they go about doing that? I have my own blog site. It's www.brandon-snyder.com. I, I you know, put out weekly videos. I put out a lot of fresh kind of B2B, kind of small business marketing content. So feel free to reach out to me on my site. And, you know, at HMB, um, you can definitely visit us at um, www.hmbnet.com. That's fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Sure. Uh, for those of you listening, please follow up with Brandon. Take a look at his site and uh, join us again next week uh, for the next episode of Minds On B2B. Thanks for listening to today's Minds On B2B podcast. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe. Also, feel free to share this episode with your peers and colleagues so we can keep bringing you quality content from the best minds in B2B. Until next time, from all of us at Minds On, have a great week.